All right, Mots, we are back. Episode 124 of The Rink Shrinks. What do you say? You ready to go? Let's go. All right, Mots, a lot to catch up on. Obviously, I uh, had a nice Memorial Day weekend. How's everything going with you? Doing great. We uh, had some time. The, the weather was very nice. It was. And uh, kind of like... like Court, the CEO and I put in a little uh, time in the yard. There you go. And, uh, Always you know, the way you want to spend it. No, but it's just like, you know, like small things that kind of make a difference to your eye. Like not anyone else's, but like edging and like scraping up the uh, the mulch beds. And she was like cutting down some, you know, bushes like, you know, in the mulch beds. So she was a, a huge help. And then... um Still don't have the big mower going, which is, you know, consistent to the season. But, um, you know, a good push, you know, getting your steps in. And it, and it looks sharp after you're done, after you put the work in. So a little bit of yard work. Uh, we had some friends come over for dinner. Um, we had a nice little, uh, you know, uh, it's not even like a, a date night. It was like at our house, a good friend came over and. Uh, cooked some steak tips and had a nice uh, little outdoor patio situation and caught up with a, uh, a good friend. So we had a good little weekend, um, you know, a little golf mixed in there with Rye Guy. So there you go. Yeah, we had uh, like two rounds actually together. So nice and, uh, kid. Yeah, he, he still uh, he still won't beat me. Like what I said, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's forty, which. <laughs> Isn't gonna happen, but I I hope that he is taking a little bit more to it. So it's always great to be out there uh, on the course on a nice day with your son. So that's um, it was it was a good weekend overall. No, that's great, good stuff. Um, yeah, same thing here. Uh, back to having a full house. Obviously, we Brian ended classes on uh, on Monday, so that was uh, that was great. And then had a uh, you know, couple kind of a quiet sports weekend with it being the holiday but uh we got out on saturday night with a bunch of friends and uh a good little crew so that was fun and uh watched the celtics game the hockey game and you know it was good to see them the celtics kind of battle back and then but i'm like they were just such a hateable group i'm like i was all set um but i can't agree with you more man dude i'm like like, like, come on i just like some of the comments no compete no game seven in any sport I mean, you just you show up. You you want your best, and they played awesome leading up to that. Like just ball movement, team, and then all of a sudden they go right back to individual, and and dudes can get shut down in any playoff, whether whatever sport it is, mm-hmm. if you just want to be an individual. It's like it's so apparent. So I'm sitting there frustrated, and I'm like. I don't. I just want to shut this thing off. But the, like, the, I was going back and forth between the um, the hockey and basketball. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, it's just I don't. know. You just want more from right. Game Seven. Yeah, you want uh, and and even that Saturday night, like the game, um, the game was good. Like and whatever, it was an awesome. It was a crazy ending with with the you know that that put in or whatever by the the guy. What's his name? Something white, right? But. Yeah. Um, 
but it was yeah it was just frustrating frustrating to watch but whatever it was uh it was it was you know with some good friends that we were all watching with and and, and had a bunch of fun with with that type of stuff so yeah well, game six good. was exciting like that finish but mm-hmm. game seven was disappointing yeah it was it was and we piled it right into a little sunday cookout and and had some friends over at the house here and uh it was dude i had to do like a power mow of the lawn because it was kind of yeah. like an impromptu and i'm like it's been a week so i i was i'm like mots would be disgusted with me so i did a quick power mow and and same thing at the steak tips going everything dude i have this hook i forget who bought it for me but like you ain't cooking unless you hook um for the steak tips and it like gets on the grate and it's like it's like a long hook with like a like a yaga curve at the end mm-hmm. and you just like scrape it and it flips them dude phenomenal, phenomenal. i like that so i, I gotta know, I, I gotta look it up i gotta look oh, up I, where i got it it's it's because well like steak tips is such a boston thing yeah um you know what i mean like other parts of the 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 country and the world like really so we had not steak tips and salmon, and I kind of like went on a limb a little bit because I hadn't cooked. Like a little surf and tiff, but like the, the, the cheaper version? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and But the, you know, uh, insert, the flat grill insert that I have, I had mm. cooked breakfast on it earlier in the day for, you know, some people that slept over, um, you know, kids, and eggs uh bacon actually no bacon it was uh eggs and pancakes so um anyway you know cleaning it all off nice and then our friends are coming over at night and i'm like you know what i'm just gonna go with it and just see what happens unbelievable right so i don't need that little tool unless i take the flat top off okay yeah, 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 but now do you I understand? Do like, because it, it yeah, does yeah, because you got the, the flat thing, marks. right? Yeah, right. yeah. And like, I like the grill marks, but it, oh, just it's like even heat across, you know, the the uh, flat top. So it's like you, mm-hmm. you just got to make sure that you're, you know, um, heating it up properly. So we ended up uh, having some decent steak tips. You know, they're marinated and all this stuff. It was like pre pre made, you know, or pre marinated. Yeah, and then. um the salmon was good. I mean, Court was like, "Did you do this on the flat top?" And like, she was a little disappointed, but I thought it was good because she likes. But we're gonna go with that. Didn't really work. I'm gonna go well, with if, that. If the CEO good. doesn't like it, maybe yeah, it didn't work. It didn't work. Okay, so no, no. No, so let's just say 50-50. The uh, steak tips are awesome, and the okay. salmon was just mediocre. Maybe. I mean, I still <laughs> liked it. <laughs> yeah, but you're a farm animal. I know uh no that's that that's good and obviously good to uh you gotta love a long weekend and like i said we went up on uh on monday we were able to pick up brian at school so back to having a full house he uh you know they had graduation over the weekend and then monday trek up there picked him up moved him out of school which was uh you know great to have a a full house i got some painting done I, i i moved some bedroom we moved some bedroom furniture painted a bedroom moved liam and colin was sharing a room and then we now they all three back in their own room so it's like yeah kind of craziness going on i hate painting i can't believe that you know you took I, I, dude you don't think i i like i <laughs> hate it i absolutely hate it actually i don't worst. i don't hate it i just don't want to do it 
once I'm doing it, if I if you like no, so do you take the time to to tape? No. <laughs> Oh no! So you're like you're, you're thinking oh, your yeah. skill like, is good enough not to touch the ceiling, dude. I got I mean soft hands. <laughs> I thought I did too, and like I couldn't. There not... might be some on the woodwork. Well, just disregard <laughs> yeah. that. Disregard. You know I'm that's gonna you. get covered up by a bed or a drape or something, anyways. Oh, the baseboard—that's fine. But like, if it's up top on a little like molding or something, or the ceiling—that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could not not see it for the rest of my life when court and i d- decided to paint i was like yeah let's just throw this up this is like kind of cool like i've seen this movie you know where yeah. like the the couples paint and stuff and it's like fun no like we're yelling at each yeah, other chipping like, joanna games yeah it's like brutal but um <laughs> you know congrats on getting that done yeah it was a, an accomplishment yeah. it's an accomplishment we'll take it we'll take it um what else do we got obviously hey I mean, the Stanley Cup Finals are uh, a set, so you know we can talk about that quickly. Yeah, I think it's great. Um, two teams, you know, the Vegas Knights have played pretty well throughout the season. You know, Coach Cassidy mm-hmm. has had them playing more D versus just more run and gun. Um, they have rotating goaltender, but doesn't see like real quality shots, and that's an important part of them having success because they are, you know, defending from the inside out. But uh, it's kind of neat to see Florida. They underachieved most of the year because of some health issues, some bad goaltending, some, say, goaltending issues. But they have a lot of very good pieces, and they have believability. Like we talked about a couple weeks ago, it's like you have this team that has the um, capabilities, which weren't realized throughout the season, peaking at the right time and um you know they beat up on the bruins i mean like they beat them out so it's like oh yeah you know it just you think it's a fluke but like you now you see them in the cup finals because they are blocking shots that leading the league or the playoffs and block shots out of those teams like throughout and then you know scoring with depth and then their power play is just all right but it's like they're getting the goaltending start there and then you have these other pieces that are contributing all over the ice and they're playing a hard brand of hockey four checks starting and then uh their defense like still jump up in the rush they add that second wave uh, offense i like this matchup to see how it's going to go yeah no it's going to be interesting like you said um you know vegas has kind of had some some goalie issues and you know, like injuries i should say right so that's kind of been an interesting storyline to watch and then stone being out for a little while throughout the season but it's going to be a great stanley cup final um and and really excited and, and you know i've been super impressed by obviously with matthew kachuk uh everything that he's done and 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 paul maurice right like you know he just seems like such a motivator uh, and guys like you know, love to play for him and, uh, you know, says the right things. Like, I, I love the quotes where he's like, you know, this is going to be the best time in your life and, and things like that. Like, we're going to cherish this moment and all that stuff is really cool. And I really love the quote that he had about Matthew Kachuk. And, and I think this is something that, that especially our young guys should, um, you know, young listeners should, should think about right and it's i don't know for people who didn't see it i'll read it right the best part about that guy is the way he treats people or the way he treats the people around him 
uh, the way he treats his teammates, the way he treats the bus driver, the flight attendants, the people around, the time he has for these people. His parents did an unbelievable job with this guy. So, like, that stuff to me is is amazing, and I just love I, I love that stuff. Our younger listeners, like, pay attention to that. I mean, if you think about it, that just encapsulates a leader. And you can dislike him or like him as a hockey player, like when you just watch him. I mean, he is a hockey player, number one, because he's very good in all areas of the game. He can play mm-hmm. penalty kill. He can block a shot. He can get the wall, uh, the puck out on the wall. He's hot around the net. He's good on the forecheck. Like he is just, you know, he's just chewing that mouthpiece. So he's an unlikable player for some opposing fans. But ultimately, this quote like encapsulates what you want to be as a person and a player. You know, one hundred percent. Yeah, if you're a hockey player, you want to be this person first, and then. You know, you can be whatever you want on the ice, you know, as far as everything he does. You know, like, you know, he's he's just on the borderline sometimes. He's like, you know, he's but he's a competitor. Like, who, yeah, he's an emotional, hard player. Yeah. So I, I I loved him in Calgary when he was going after Doughty, uh, Doughty or Doughty, whatever his name is. Drew Doughty? Doughty, yeah. Like, because like Doughty, like for me, it was like, you know, kind of like, yeah, uh, you know. I, I know a lot of guys that played with him and love him, but I'm like, yeah, well, why not run him all the right. time and see see what happens? Because he, you know, it, it looks like he's a prima donna, prima donna when he can't get hit. So like Kachuk went after him a bunch and did a few other things and like they fought and it's great. It's I love yeah. that stuff. Awesome. Um, you know what I mean? So you know that that quote though. Coming from a head coach and talking about Paul Paul Maurice, he was a head coach in the league at a very young age in mm-hmm. the previous series with Carolina. So Rod Brindamore played underneath uh, Paul Maurice and then was an assistant coach. Right. And to see like a little bit of like the difference between, say, you know, personality and experience, you know, he was so detailed oriented early on in his career, Paul Maurice was. And mm-hmm. that's where Rod Brindamore, who really enjoys that type of stuff, really took to it. And so he uses that, you know, as a coach. He's, like, translated that to his coaching style. But Paul Maurice has softened over the, um, you know, his experience and his time as a head coach to understand that guys have families. Guys have this. Guys have that. You know, like, and then it's not one way – or another it's you know there's multiple ways of doing it and then you can just figure it out so it's got it was unique to hear you know you know two sides of that because brenda moore was it is a good hockey coach um at the highest level and he's like ultra detailed and he learned it from paul maurice where he has softened right no, it's amazing, and you see, you know, the accomplishments, and obviously those guys won in the Stanley Cup together. Uh, it, it, it's pretty amazing, and that you know, I want to touch on t- two other things. Obviously, the 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 competitiveness con- competitiveness of those games, right? Like one goal games, overtime games, four overtime games. What was it? You know, three overtime games, and a, and a, the other one, Kachuk scored with what five seconds left? Like, four seconds, they, yeah. Un- yeah, unbelievable, so tight. tight yeah. Tight, tight hockey games, uh, and like Brendan Moore said, it's almost like you know. I, I know he was lost for words, but it's like, you know, 
it wasn't a sweep type of thing. It was like, you know, what did he say? It was like, a, it wasn't a five game sweep. I, I'm, I'm butchering on what he said, but it was, you know, it really, it was like they could have won any game, like one bounce of the puck here or there. It was just that tight of hockey. And then getting back to Matthew Kachuk, like watching that series. And, you know, another thing that young guys can relate to, and like everybody wants to be the flashiest stick handler and, and skater and all that type of stuff. But like watch the way that he uses his body and protects the puck. Like watch how he uses his ass and his legs and protects the puck, you know, uses his body to get to the net. Um, you know, a lot of times by like just pushing off and like skating backwards into guys. And that's why he's able to accomplish it. And then you can see like the little hands that he has and the little plays that he that that he makes around the net are obviously super skilled, but like that's hockey. You know what I mean? Like you have to be able to protect the puck and make those plays and get to the dirty areas. And he's so efficient at using his body um, with, you know, without being six foot six, like a, a monstrous person. Yeah. It's just effectiveness in areas of the ice that are tough to play in. Right. Mm-hmm. So you have the skill level, you have, you know, the physical capabilities, but the willingness to go to those areas and, and, and do it and use the skill that he has because he kind of like does both, right? Like yeah. he, he does try, you know, the between the legs when it's appropriate. It's not flashy. It's like the right play, you know, right? at times. It's kind of weird because that used to be just like a show-off move, right? But yeah. If it's now, right play, now he does it to just like make a good play. You know, just get on the net, right? And that's, yeah. And he's an effective player in multiple areas of the uh, ice. Like I was saying earlier, like he he'll chip a puck out when it needs to be. He'll make a nice, you know, little. He has like nice little baby sauce. He'll protect pucks. He'll take a hit to make a play. Like there's a lot of stuff going on there in his game that uh, a lot of our young listeners can can watch in these Stanley Cup Finals and uh, pick some stuff up because yeah. you know he's you know somewhat greasy of a player if you want to call it that, but he has such polish though too. So. It's an interesting kind of like uh, collection of skill sets that are so effective, especially this time of year in the NHL. No, absolutely. Well, I know both those teams. Uh, I know for a fact Florida because I've been in the dressing room. They don't leave home without their old uh, Spock's at-home skate shopping machine or on, on the road. So, you know, I, I know those guys. I know the equipment manager down with the Panthers and and Teddy, uh, you know, he swears by his spark. So make sure, uh, you know, the Rink Shrinks listeners head on over to SparksHockey.com and use the code BYMOTS for $50 off your Spark Sharpener. Uh, Sparks is that at-home skate shopping machine that will never fail, right? Or you can take it on the road with you. Like I said, Vegas, um, Florida, they'll be traveling with that thing all playoffs long, right? Sparks is the gift that keeps on giving for hockey players and parents. It's convenient, easy to use, and will save you money in the long run. Uh, with Sparks, you get an accurate shopping every single time. Again, SparksHockey.com and order your machine today and take advantage of that BY Mott's $50 off coupon code. Yeah, make sure you check out SparksHockey.com you know, because my daughter legit was playing in this uh u10 it was uh the 10 cup and she's like dad i you know i haven't skated in a bit like whatever i'm like go downstairs and buzz the wheels kid buzz them up uh so yeah so she buzzed those up on her uh, by herself she knows how to use it you know very simple to use so make sure you go to sparkshockey.com use by mods for 50 bucks off 
Absolutely. Uh, Mott's just the, uh, you know, a couple other things before we get to our interview, but uh, it was pretty cool to see the uh, Latvia shut down the entire city and uh, declare that national holiday when they came home with the bronze medal from the world championships. Obviously tough to see team USA lose. Obviously Ryan Wasowski was an assistant coach on that team. Dave Quinn was head coach, obviously a lot of NHL guys and, and college guys. Lane Hudson was over there playing. It was USA was kind of humming along. Uh, Canada ended up taking the bullet, and, um, you know, they were pretty amazing. Obviously, it was good to see former guest Milan Lucic. He uh, had a great assist on uh, Adam Fantilli's highlight goal, but it, it was pretty cool to get a little bit of that, um, you know, international competition, but I thought that was uh, unbelievable, like seeing the, you know, parade, as you would call it, in Latvia and, and you know, shutting down the city national holiday it was pretty amazing for those guys to come home yeah so world championships like when i was watching it it's so it's so interesting because you know we're talking about nhl playoffs we're talking about you know throughout you know the playoffs um this is their playoffs mm. in, in europe at times you know certain countries haven't had any success some Countries have some success, but like the European players that are able and willing to go back and play, they want to play for their country. They want to play in the world championships. The U.S., you know, you know, in Canada, both have had some struggles of like getting like these NHL players to commit. Right? That's probably why I was able to play in three of them. You know, yeah. <laughs> I, I was like a you know college kid, and then you know a minor league or whatever. But to see the emotion in the building of a home country uh, team that's playing you're playing against, it's amazing. It's real. It's mm -hmm. really really cool. So, you know, U.S. like you said, we're humming along in the um, you know the preliminary rounds and um, ran into Germany. That you know, it just it just didn't work out. They got a bounce, and you know, they, they, they lose an OT. But I, uh, I'm, I was watching that bronze medal game, and Lafayette just was just playing inspired, right? They were playing an inspired game because they had some belief. They had the hometown uh, town crowd behind them, mm -hmm. and it's just it's really cool to see how much um, like national pride is for the the, the European countries. So like those guys won a bronze medal and they you know they shut down the city like you said they you know the fans are going bananas like the the celebration was awesome you know it was like, just so cool to see even though the u.s came up on the uh short end right um yeah just the passion is really what kind of the point of my whole uh kind of ramble here but it's like i've seen it firsthand like yeah you played in three of them that's sick yeah but th this you know Lafayette was never. They had Artis Urbe. Remember him from San Jose? Oh yeah, yeah. Remember his mask. He had the cool mask. Yeah, yeah. That was real um, cool. And then maybe like one other player, you know. So like they were never like say consistently competitive at this higher level because you can get relegated, right? Um, right. You know, to like a, a B pool, and it's not good uh, for those those countries, right? So, um, you know, for them to you know win their first medal, um. I was happy for him, actually. It was kind no, of no. It was cool. Right? The, the the photos were unbelievable. It was sick, and I mean, I think like that Fantilli kid too. Like getting, 
it is cool and you were able to experience as a college kid, but getting those college guys around professionals and getting that experience is amazing. And then you see a kid like Fantilli win the gold medal, wins the Hobie Baker, right? World juniors, world championships. Like that's pretty sick. Obviously couldn't pull off the national championship, but uh, mm. pretty amazing for a young kid. And he's going to be fun to watch at, at, at the next level, wherever it is. Yeah, it was a great experience for him. Like I was like when we talked with Brian Gianta about it, we were fortunate to go over together to a couple mm-hmm. of these world championships when we we're still in college. And the exposure to just like mentality, like you're saying, like pro mentality. Um, you know, just pushing the the first time I was able to I was like, ah, you know, push the puck D to D and a guy made a great stretch pass in a goal. And I got an assist. Right. I'm like, I don't have to do, you know, more than just my role. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like instead of trying to make a, a super play to like make a impact, just just make the simple play. Right. And then he made a good play and the guy scored. And I was like, oh my God, I got an assist and you know, against Finland, my first shift on the ice. It was against no like, way. Sacco Corvu and uh Timu Salani. It was a four on four. I'm like, uh, well, I shouldn't be out here right now. I was going to say, what were you even doing out there? I don't know. They thought I was offensive or something. I don't know. <laughs> but, Who else uh, is on the ice with you? Uh, Weinrich, Teddy Donato, and Brian Smolinski. All right. Yeah. Huh. I remember oh, it like God. it was yesterday. Huh? Seriously? It was like like 22 years ago. Oh, actually, more. But anyway. Um, yeah, so yeah, age. for Fantilli, though, like he had an unbel- unbelievable goal. Under the stick, back under the stick. You know, you get you, you get Team Canada into the uh, gold medal, right? And then you're there, you win it. That just gives him confidence in you know whatever he's going to do, you know, moving forward. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Uh, did you happen to catch any of the uh, Detroit t- Tiger hockey, you know, hockey town celebrations after their uh, their home runs? You see that? I actually did, but like I, you know, I. As far as baseball and hockey, like this was right up my alley. Oh, I dude, that's why I figured it's like that. That's you to a T. Like, I mean, and it's pretty cool to see those guys, like whatever, getting in the in the dugout and uh, you know throwing a helmet on and shooting a ball or whatever. like that is pretty sick. Yeah, it's awesome. And then yeah, I, I saw another one where they're like warming up with a uh, with a you know one guy was shooting a ball to the, like the the shortstop or whoever it was whoever it was i was dying i'm like these guys love it it's hockey town it is hockey town that's what it's called but they they i mean the the tigers are you know you know playing pretty good ball right now but like i would just say it is hockey town and to just like embrace like the hockey fans to come and watch them do stuff like that that would be like unbelievable but there is so yeah. many good good detroit say sport fans uh the lions just need to get their stuff together but um <laughs> you know as far as like the red wings the red wings under steve eisman are going to be you know very yep. very competitive very soon in my opinion that's um you know there's what he does he built winners like down in tampa that was what yep. he did um but as far as uh the, the tigers i love this stuff i love the crossover like in any sport like you, you cross over and it just adds a different dynamic to uh, number one, the players. It's really cool that they, uh, you know, cause I know that some of these guys know each other, which is neat. 
and then you know just to show the fans that these guys uh, appreciate certain things so it's it's, it it's stuff. hockey's version of like the storm surge <laughs> right you know, like like Carolina, but no, it's also sick to to you know, like you said, to see that crossover, but also the the guys getting, um, you know, you, you see it at Fenway, right? When the the Winter Classic, all the guys all playing wiffle ball and 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 you know, hitting baseball. So it, it is, it's great to see the athleticism and what these guys can do. And sometimes it's hilarious to see guys that you know have probably never picked up a hockey stick and now they get in the dugout and they're like, what the hell do I do with this thing? You know what I mean? They're throwing the, the helmet on with the half shield and you know it's 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 they don't even know how to wear the helmet. But good yeah, stuff. Like a guy uh, from the Dominican, he's like, what is this windshield? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well Mots, I think it's time to uh get to our interview. Before we do so, uh let's talk about TSR hockey. Uh located up in Tax Free Salem, New Hampshire, where you can stock up on all your equipment needs. TSR stocks team apparel from CCM Bauer does everything uh all their embroidering, all their printing. Uh you can reach their team store 603-917 912-603-912-5970. Ask for Mike or Dave. They'll take care of you. Make sure they'll they'll, they'll get you guys fitted for your uh, swag and jerseys and uniforms for next season. Uh, so make sure you hit them up again, 603-912-5970. Uh, you can also hit them up on the website, tsrhockey.com, where you can get all your shopping needs. Um, make sure whether you call or you're in the store or you're online, let them know that the Rink Shrink sent you. Those are our guys up there in uh, in Salem, New Hampshire. Yeah, good, great group up there. Make sure you check them out at tsrhockey.com. And, again, we talk about the swag. They have plenty of swag, some of the best apparel from CCM and Barra. So make sure you check that website out, or if you're in the area, pop in and uh, check out our guy Brendan in the store. He's a good dude, and he'll take care of you. Uh, he'll set you up. Um, Mott, so let's get on to our interview. Obviously, we were lucky to be joined by Brady Kachuk this week. Uh, we did a lot of talking about Matthew earlier in the episode, but I think it's time to uh, bring on Brady Kachuk. All right, and our next guest on the Rink Shrinks podcast is the current captain of the Ottawa Senators. He was the fourth overall pick in the 2018 NHL draft. Uh, he played at the U.S. under-18 team a year at Boston University, and um, is already a veteran of 359 NHL games. Welcome to the podcast, Brady Kachuk. What's going on? Thank you for having me. Wow, what an intro. <laughs> I, know. I know. Dude, one take. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> but BY wrong. should be your agent. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take some of that cut. <laughs> what's, what's the current guy charging? Oh, yeah, I don't. Cool. I don't know, but I feel like it romp. No, it's uh, <laughs> and it's my uncle too, so it's uh, best of both worlds, I guess. So, um, and nice little family business we got going on, I guess. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, appreciate you taking the time, Brady. Yeah, uh, you know, as far as uh, you know, being a kind of somewhat of a Boston, you know, roots guy, and you know, we're, we're from Boston. It's awesome to have like you know some guys uh, that come on. You know, had your dad on a couple. Uh, you know, months ago, and your your brother is you know playing right now. I actually meant to text Matthew, but I I, I hit Brady instead. <laughs> yeah, so you hit the better, better, better dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. <laughs> hey, trust me, you got the better guy here right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, we I, appreciate you taking the time, my man. Yeah, no problem. No, thanks for having me. No, I'm excited about this. 
Well, Brady, obviously, you know, we like we said, we had dad on, and obviously your older brother is is having a great playoff right now. Uh, and we, we, you know, we can talk about him later on. But let's talk about, you know, you being the younger brother and, and growing up. Obviously, um, you know, your father had a one hell of a, you know, a Hall of Fame career in our eyes. And um, But what was it like growing up? Like, where did the start in, in youth hockey and all that um, begin? Yeah, well, no, I think uh... – I'll kind of go back to the the very start is just being able to you know, learn to skate with Matthew. I know he was probably a little ahead of me, but ever since you know then trying to keep up with him, it's just has carried on to even now. It's he, you know every day we seem to be doing one or another sport together, whether it's you know roller hockey in our driveway, basketball. Uh, we created a couple games on the trampoline that we thought it was athletic, but it's just pure just to hit each other so uh <laughs> we see those uh, games on the ice all the time that yeah, you created. yeah so no it's just uh of course very lucky to have him growing up to and he never took it easy on me so i think that's what kind of made me me and and both of us just ultra competitive is because he just everything he we both did is he wanted to win and, and i just wanted to be able to keep up maybe win but no i rarely won growing up so it was always kind of that that drive to, oh, is today the day that I could finally win a game? And um, it usually never happened, but it just always is, okay, on to the next day. And just, um, but it was a lot of fun. And as years got on, our sister, uh, our younger sister, Taryn, joined us and uh, she would come on my team. And, and so it kind of evened it out a little bit. And, uh, but I was just lucky to have those two. And, and I think that's what we all kind of created that competitive edge from one another. Oh, that's amazing because it, it just happens from like family sibling rivalry type thing. I was uh the youngest, you know, there was only uh one other brother, but I would always want to try and keep up, right? So I was always, you know, just get give my give myself a chance to like at least compete. But you you uh, mentioned Taryn, like she's probably the best athlete in the family, though, right? One hundred percent. Not even up for discussion. It's it's crazy. Whatever we did growing up, she just whether it's grab a stick, grab the basketball, you know, tennis ball. She was just, it was like, she was like a master of that sport already. It was just, it was impressive. And she just kept playing, kept keeping up with us. And, and, uh, uh, it's impressive. And then she picked up, I think field hockey in seventh grade. And all of a sudden, uh, you know, come high school, she won three out of four state championships. So it was just, she's just such a quick learner. And then, uh, now she's playing at university of Virginia and, and, uh, um, no, it's been it's just been fun to see her kind of keep learning, and she got a late start compared to all of her other, you know, teammates, and just see kind of what she's been doing. It's uh, uh, we were all kind of shocked when she went from soccer, and she's like, you know, what I want to try field hockey, and we're like, no, like you're a good soccer player, why don't you just keep trying? She's like, oh, I want to try field hockey, and then all of a sudden, tried it, loved it, and then we started going to the game, started to understand it a little bit more each year, and just we love going to watch field hockey games too now. That's amazing. And you can see it. And and I, I did want to kind of bring it back to that, like competitiveness and that dirt dog mentality, because obviously, you know, growing up and, and being around the NHL, um, you know, you guys had that. Right. And you were able to see it and you saw the the glory of it. Right. The highs and the lows and things like that. But was that something that was just always preached in your household? Like, you know, we're going to work for everything because you can see it in your guys's play. Right. Obviously, in Matthew and you know, same thing with you, like you, you're going to fight, you're going to protect your teammates. You're going to go hard to the net. Um, and it's, it really is like, you know, cause I, it, 
and I, I, I don't want to say it the wrong way, but like some people be like, oh, you would think those would guys, you know, would like they grew up like with some money and things like that. You'd think that have like some prima donna in them, but there's like there's none of that. Yeah, well, you know, ever since I think we started playing competitive sports, whether it's, uh, you know, on a travel youth hockey team, it's the only two things that my dad preached and and kind of just wanted us to do. He didn't care about how we played. All he cared about was working our, our hardest and just being a good teammate and being a good person to be around. So I think that has just stuck with all of us, our whole family. And and you see it now today, now just being, you know, in Ottawa and in the NHL. Successful teams are everybody works and everybody's just a good teammate. And that just creates that closeness. So, um, and of course, he learned that along the way with his journey and just to kind of have that advice and, and kind of, now, for us, we were lucky to have that outlet, you know, a former player who played, who was, um, like you said, hopefully a, a future Hall of Famer here. Just to have him in our corner and teaching us that, I think those two values are just so key moving forward in life. It's just whatever you do, it's not just hockey, but um, in the real world, if you just work hard and be a good person, a good co-worker, co- uh, a good boss, um, you know, you're going to make that. Um, you know, place successful and, and a nice place to work at. That's a great yeah. answer. Yeah, when, when we talked to your dad, I said that you guys took after you to mom. Mom, you know, it's like you know, kind of give him all the credit, right? So, yeah, you know, well, one hundred percent, we got uh, my mom's definitely behind the scenes, but um, I think we'd all like to consider ourselves nice people, and um, and we look after uh, um, you know our friends and family and people that were around, and I'd say we get that more from. My mom, of course, my dad's a great guy, but um, <laughs> everybody knows him too. So he's uh, he's uh, he's one of a kind. He's Big Walt for a reason. So uh, he doesn't care who you are. He's going to be himself. So, uh, yeah, no, I definitely think uh, our mom's that sweetheart that we try to you know, take after. No, that's great stuff, obviously. And, and you know, talk about the just – Growing up, the um, you know not just the youth hockey, but you know you touched on some other sports. But what was it like growing up? Like, were you guys playing hockey year round, or was it different season, different sports? Did you put the bags away, uh, or you know walk us through that process? Because we, you know, we're, we're seeing it now firsthand with these young kids, right, nine, ten, eleven years old, and every weekend it's like a different tournament or a different showcase. And you know, I, you being a young a young NHLer, you know, I want to know, you know like talk to our listeners about what your path was like in growing up. Yeah. Well, I think our family and now looking back, I'm, I'm really happy that we did this and you no, know, I'm going to do this for, you know, my kids. It's just, I almost think hockey year round is just, it, it just gets too much and, and gets old and it may work for some people, but I was very lucky to be able to, you know, play other sports and, and, you know, I'm a firm believer in, you know, a few play other sports it's not only you're gaining skills from that sport it, you can translate to you know for me it was hockey but for somebody else it could be another sport but it's also you create a new set of friends and and you get to meet new people that if you just play one sport you would never run into so um you know for me it's i know i'm not you know the fastest player or um no shoot the hardest but i feel like playing all those sports you know lacrosse you know basketball and and tennis even is just little things of hand eye that I felt like I learned a ton from and that's helps me being a net front tip guy and this you know I'm a firm believer in and you know not only just playing sports to gain skills but also just creating friends 
as well from different sports. I think that's amazing uh, message right there because, you know, what BY was saying is like there's a, a little bit sport specific now. It's like tr- trending that way and, you know, almost like missing out if you're not playing year round, if someone else is. And we always try to encourage, you know, being athlete first and then you start being able to sport specific later on. And exactly what you just said, you know, you, your eye hand, net front, you know, even just like, you know, if, if someone wants to play football, like a little more, you know, combative sport, but like these skill sets can all come into play when you, you know, start playing hockey, you know, at a higher level when it actually starts to matter. Um, so as you're going through, you know, you you grow up in St. Louis area and, you know, you start, you know, playing. So was dad coaching both teams or was there kind of a divide because Matthew was a little bit older where he was helping out or was he helping out with both? He was definitely helping out with both. You know, after his career, he spent, I think it was like the next five to, you know, seven years just coaching us. He, he wasn't the head coach. I think he would just be, you know, the assistant for both. And, and we're lucky that I think it was, of course, him in the background looking back, but he scheduled us for practice, you know, back to back. So he was just there for the both of us. And the occasional time I would go out and skate with his team. And um, when I didn't have to practice, just to go out there and skate. But, no, in St. Louis is, you know, like you said, I feel like now it's becoming, you know, daily, all year round. I think we practiced twice, maybe three times if we were lucky in St. Louis growing up. And uh, looking back that, you know, that's not a lot of you know, ice time as a team. And, and we're not a part of a league where we can go play other teams in St. Louis. I guess now there's a new team in St. Louis, but it's usually all tournaments. So, um, yeah, so we didn't get a lot of practice time. So I was lucky to be able to, you know, go out and skate with Matthew's team if, if need an extra skate, but um, it kind of gives you time too to, uh, you know, of course, focus on hockey, but if you want to focus on something else too, just, you know, just for fun to stay active, it, it gives you the time too. But um, you know, like you said earlier, it's uh, um, a lot of people are starting to focus just on one sport. And um, no, just for my advice to all the listeners is, is try to chat, try to just try every sport. And that's just where, um, you know, like you've been preaching, it's just I feel like it just makes you a better athlete and makes you just you know a better person, a better friend to um, for all the people you meet. No, absolutely, and and we have seen um, you know me now coaching at the youth hockey level and Mott's gone through it. We've we've seen a big time growth in the youth hockey programs uh, out in that St. Louis area, right, and playing against the teams and a lot of them coming out east for tournaments and stuff. And, was that uh, similar to your experience? And, and you know, I guess the one of the other big things, like guys like your dad and Al McGinnis and, you know, local NHL, you know, NHL len- legends staying behind and, and coaching that youth hockey. And, you know, I see it now um, with different guys that, that um, around my age got uh, Barrett Jackman, like his sons, uh, you know, he has a boy my son's age. And you see, you know, different names on the jersey, like, oh, well, you know, well, you know, no wonder why the team's good. They have a, another NHL behind the bench. Yeah, I think that's what we've been really lucky to uh, to have in St. Louis. Is you know, this is a great city to live, and um, like you said, a lot of players that you know have played here, a lot of former Blues, just stick around here because uh, it's a great place to raise a family, and, and they love being here. So, I know I would I wish we'd go through all the time to to name all the names that you know stuck around and and really put their time and effort into, you know, building St. Louis hockey. And, and like you said, now it's becoming more, and I feel like as, 
you know, years past is, oh, this team from St. Louis, so we're going to walk all over them. But I think now everybody's seeing that, you know, the St. Louis product that's coming out, it's all the credit to, you know, the former players that stayed in St. Louis and, and kind of shared their love of the game and, and taught us, you know, almost how to play the right way um, just because, uh, you know, just thankful for them to, you know, stick around and teach us and, and kind of share that love for us. Yeah, my buddy Alex Brooks is down there, and his son is just going to the USHL. Um, he's from Madison, Wisconsin, but settled in St. Louis, you know, Chicago uh, Blackhawks scout, you know, so another very, you know, good hockey guy. But his son is, like, you know, moving on to the next level, you know, going through the uh, St. Louis, you know, kind of youth programs. And, you know, it's just, like, to your point, the the guys that stuck around – Actually, you know, I want to back up. Have you been up in the arch? I have been up. It's been oh, a you long, have? Oh, nice. Yeah, it, it's, it's been a long time, but uh, I had, I mean, I feel like it's, you got to, but uh, I feel like being here, you're like, oh, hey, you people ask that same question. Have you been in the arch? It's, you see it all the time. It's like, ah, I don't really know if I want to go to right. the arch. I'll just, I'm fine with drive by it all the time. But right. uh, I think one time my mom's like, all right, we're going up there. Just, just to like, say we've done it. Right. People are probably going to ask. It would be embarrassing if you've lived in St. Louis and you haven't gone up the garden. So, uh, so my mom made sure we did that. Oh, that's yeah, good. but have you climbed the Bunker Hill Monument when you go back to Charleston? <laughs> I have not done that yet. All right, let's get yeah, that. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Mots, go, go ahead with your next one. I know yeah, you, I know. You, you I, had I, something I would... teed up there before you were worried about the, the arches. <laughs> The no, golden arches. No, I was just talking about the development. Like, so Al McGinnis is from where my mother's from uh, in Cape Breton, Nova Scotia. And, you know, like he had a great career in uh, St. Louis as well as uh, a couple other stops. But just a, a great place to live. My cousins live out there. And uh, it's like one of the cool spots. And to your point, every time if I ever played a team from St. Louis, I'd be like, yeah, all right, we're going to roll these guys, you know. But that's not the case now because of the development. And it's a big part of, you know, let's just say those guys sticking around, but also your dad. Like your dad had a big influence in having some top tier um, teams, number one, you know, players, sons, but also, uh, you know, cultivating a good environment and everything that you said about being a good teammate first and, you know, hard work, right? The non negotiables. Um, you know, you put that into some youth development and your dad did a good job at, you know, creating a good environment for some, some talent coming through. So, you know, congrats, you know, number one to him, but like you're a benefactor of, you know, a good teacher, dad, coach. And um, can you just talk about some of those national uh, kind of like kind of championships and, you know, like going to nationals as a young player? Yeah, no, it's, uh, no, I think for, for my team, the 99 team, we think we went to nationals once. Um, and then Matthew's team went to nationals once and they lost in the finals. We, we went 0 three. We just got kind of slapped around, which, you know, it's, it's a tough one. We we're, we we're just happy to make it there. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I no with, with all due respect to him, of course, you know, I love him dearly. And, and so thankful. He's probably the hardest coach I've ever played for, you know, individually it's, um, you know, as we got older, he, now almost you know demanded more and and you know pushed us to get to that next level and and uh yeah no he just uh, but but at the end of the day all he cared really about was you know of course those tournaments now are you know five six 
games in two days or three days. And, and he's all about, just got to get to Sunday, play Sunday and, and play the three games, hopefully play three games on Sunday. So uh, he always had the last flight booked out on Sunday because he was always prepared uh, for that final, final game. But um, yeah, you almost like treat it as, you know, I know we were kids and you now he, he coached us from, you know, 10 to 15 or eight to 15. He felt like he just brought that, you know, NHL vibe and experience to our team. He wasn't the, uh, you know, almost a nice coach looking at like, he just, he demands it a lot and he just treated it as, you know, NHL and, and just, um, uh, once a performance base, he just wanted us just to leave it all out there and just, you know, work hard, but you know, and have fun in the process by working hard and, and being a good teammate. So, um, no, I think a lot of, a lot of credit goes to him, um, not only as a coach and, and a dad, but just, uh, almost as a role model for, you know, the kids in the team and the kids in the area to, to look up to him and, and see kind of how invested he is in us and, and how he wants all the guys in the team to be successful. So, um, you know, definitely, definitely a legend here with uh, the youth hockey uh, community for sure. Do you remember when that switch was made where, you know, obviously I'm sure right when he got done playing, it was like, all right, let me get my feet wet and be around my boys and, and, you know, coaching and things like that and, and feeling it out. But do you remember when, was there a certain age where you felt, all right, you know, now that I'm 14, 15, like he's really kind of, you know, if, if you want to be serious in this sport, like you're going to do these extra things and, and, and all that. Well, I think that's, that's tough because I know he, you know, right after his career and he was, he was all in, he was, every practice, every tournament. And of course, when he was playing, he couldn't do that. But whenever he could, he'd come out to practice with us and skate with us and, and be out there. So, um, you know, looking at it now and the grueling schedule that the NHL has, I'm like, how did you do that? Like how, mm. like I'm exhausted after a game. Like how did you go out there for two practices? So, um, of course, gain just a lot of respect from that, just how he would come out there and, and still while he was playing, help us get better. And, um, no, I think he's kind of always pushed us, but also Matthew and I push each other just to, you know, we tried always growing up to shoot a hundred, 200 pucks a day. And, uh, I think Matthew did the 15 minute stick handling, but I think I strayed away from that. Now we don't, now we see who's got the best hands with Matthew. <laughs> so, uh, I probably should have done the 15 minutes of stick handling, but hey, it's uh, never too late. Yeah. Seriously. I got to get on that, but no, he, he kind of, I wouldn't say he pushed Justin to doing that because I think there's a lot of, you know, ourselves wanted to push each other and push ourselves. But yeah, self motivation. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot of that. But also, when, when there are probably days of when we were tired and, and uh, he's like, did you shoot pucks today? And, and not kind of guilt us. He'd be like, huh, I guess almost you didn't want to get better today. So that we go right downstairs. <laughs> it sounds like that. <laughs> shoot 200 pucks and then we would go upstairs and, and be done for the day. So, um, yeah, we had a, we had a nice little shooting room in our basement that uh, they put into the house. So um, I wish I could have taken a picture of that that tarp that we had because it definitely saw a lot of damage. Any uh, uncomfortable car rides home? Oh, oh you got to hear this one. So we played. So <laughs> if you ever have him back, I, I you'll, you'll definitely have him back. Is you got to ask him about his record at Notre Dame. For oh, both he, he actually I think we that. I think one of you guys texted uh, us yeah. about that. Yeah. 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 So I think he's like oh for twelve or something like <laughs> yeah, that. So like him. some like bad, bad weekends there. And 
So he, we were there for our team. Actually, I think it was both teams, and I think we went 0-6, both, both our teams. Uh, but Matthew, for some reason, was in a different car on the way back because I think they played earlier, so he just got out of there with another family. He's like, but I'm all set with driving not, home with dad on this fine. one. Yeah. So, but then I got stuck because we were the last game. So we drove home. I think it was seven hour drive. Not one word was said. Just it was silent <laughs> the whole ride. And we had, so our other coach, who's, uh, you know, head coach Jordan Jaynes, who was crucial for um, Matthew and I's, you know, he was our coach growing up as well. He was in the car too. So it was my dad and Jordan up front, and I was in the back seat. All of us, not one word. It took seven hours, got in, I think, at like 11 o'clock at night, and just inside in my room into bed. Not one word was said. But was the radio playing, or was it like no radio either? I, I can I think the radio was playing because if it was dead silent, it, that, that would have been hours, impressive. Actually. That would have been an impressive feat for all of us. Yeah. You must have had the DVD player in the back or something. Did he cut that out? So I think, no, I think he, we He's had like, you're not out. watching Step Brothers this week. The, yeah, this no, guy right home. Yeah. I think I was watching something in the back, but I, no, headphones on, just nothing. Yeah. And I yeah. was just, it was, coast was clear for that one. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. He did mention how uh, terrible the, the record was at Notre Dame. Yeah. Like, he, I don't know, it was, just something it was crazy. There. Yeah. Crazy oh, something there. Um, I wanted to get into kind of that, you know, obviously your your pre-national development program days. Like what was that, you know, I, I guess you would call it. So you're there for your 17, 18-year-old years. But, you know, kind of like what's the St. Louis, um, you know, hockey life? Like, you know, where do you play? Is that just midgets, like a lot of traveling stuff at that 15, 16-year-old year? Yeah, so after I think it was Bantam – majors u14 played midget minor u16 and um yeah we we i think we just got into a league at that point but um you know the games we play uh would be in milwaukee versus junior admirals we play chicago fury mm-hmm. um i'm trying to think of what other teams you know nearby and then we go to detroit and play um i think it was like three or four teams up in detroit so those are kind of more like league games but there's tons of tournaments that year and t- tons of showcases with, within our league and, and, uh, um, you know, with the other team, it's, it was just cool to see, you know, a kind of a lot like St. Louis's, um, youth hockey, just like Phoenix, they're an up and coming, uh, you know, hockey community as well. And, and, yep. uh, you know, credit to guys like, uh, you know, Shane Doan who have stuck around and, and same thing is, is kind of put, you know, love, his love for hockey into that community. And all of a sudden you have, you know, Austin Matthews come up. So, um, yeah, no, it was pretty cool. I think our league consisted of teams uh, from Phoenix, Dallas, Chicago, um, Detroit, Minnesota, of course, all the big teams, but it's, uh, it was kind of cool looking back to see where all the teams came from and, and uh, how usually some communities where you didn't expect teams to be. So a lot of travel, like, was it all right to like leave on a Thursday, you know, skip a little school? Oh, we missed optional tons. optional Fridays. Oh, we missed tons of Fridays. So that was great. It was awesome. And uh kind of made you feel like you're almost in like the USHL college as you're on the bus driving all these places. And of course it was, if it was a flight or, or a long flight, we'd had to fly we had to fly. But you no, know, it was almost that junior life. You're grinding the bus, coming back late Sundays and 
and having to get up early for school. So um, looking back, it was a great experience and, and kind of got us ready for whether it's the U.S. program for some guys, USHL, the NAHL, or, or even major juniors, just to kind of get ready for that. It was, uh, um, it was a great program for development. I'm sure Big Walt had the Sprinter van that made it a little bit more comfortable for those car rides, though, right? Yeah, yeah. No, that was definitely earlier before the bus days. It was uh, a nice little van, TV back there, comfortable seats, and uh, the occasional Xbox in there. (laughs) Nice. Oh, that's awesome. Well, what was it? I guess I want to take it back a little bit. Like, you know, you as a player in your youth, do you remember – where you stood amongst your peers, like were you always like kind of a, a dominating player? Do you remember being average? Like where did it all begin for you? You know what I mean? Because we would talk to guys and it's like, you know, yeah, this guy was a stud all the way through. Or some guys are just like, no, I was okay. And then all of a sudden at 15, I hit this growth spurt and boom, next thing you know. Yeah, I, I just think, uh, I mean, with I don't want this to sound kind of, I just think I was always, you know, a good player. Um mm-hmm. I wouldn't say I was, you know, a stud dominating game in, game out. I felt like I was definitely one of the better players on the ice, but I was always, you know, kind of the average height, the average almost looking and and, um, kind of didn't really stand out in that aspect. But, um, you know, I wasn't a great skater, you know, worked a lot on my skating growing up. Um, You know, not the hardest shot, but I just felt like, you know, my skills were good, but I just didn't really have that standout, um, you know, attribute. But I think – Growing up, I was still that kind of physical power mm-hmm. forward. I wasn't, I mean, I wasn't killing guys, but I was definitely making probably bigger hits than the normal kids at that age. And I was looking for that. I was looking to go after the biggest guy. And I always had this motto growing up, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. So um, we've tried to always go after them, which was, I think, a lot of, uh, you know, learning from my dad and how he played. But um, yeah, I just always thought, you know, good player and, and, I think at, when I got to Bantam Major and Midget Minor, I started realizing, I'm like, okay, if if I don't play how I need to play, then not really doing our team um, any good and, and not giving our team a chance to win. So that's when I thought I felt like I, I realized that I started becoming a really good player at that time and started you know, having the U.S. NTDP on my mind that I wanted to make that and and that I knew that they were looking at me. So um, that's when I knew I needed to put the extra work to to get there. And that's kind of what drove me and in, in all the extra shooting pucks and, and all the extra skates. And, and it was just preparing me to try to make that team. Oh, that's great stuff. You, you need always like a, a little carrot every once in a while. Like through the course of your development, you know, like you hit little plateaus and you see – you know, that you can push through them. And so that, that would be another push through uh, around that time. You know, this college coach is looking at you before you went to the uh, national development program. And, you know, I was talking to um, one of your former coaches at BU and even though you weren't the size you are now, you still had the internal drive to be the best you could, you, you could be. You're exactly what you said. Like you kind of answered the, the questions or like what I was going to say is like, you, you're going after the biggest guy. You're going to fight for the puck. You're net front already, like before you started really, really growing. And you can continue to grow, like throughout your freshman year at BU. You know, like you're still, you're just realizing your your size and what you can do now at the NHL level, which is like amazing. But, you know, could you talk about 
like growing at a later age and still trying to figure it out along the way. It's like, you know, cause like I scouted when you're, you know, a freshman at BU and, you know, it was like kind of like a giraffe, like just trying to figure out certain things, but there was such upside, such upside. And did you know that you were going to grow that much? I mean, like, was there anything like, like in the, uh, in the, in the doctor's office that you, you heard about or whatever? Or? No, I think I remember doing, you know, one of those doctor's appointments to like, okay, you could be, you know, six, two to six, four. And this is at the time when I was like five, three or five, four. I'm like, okay, like that's, yeah, that's, exactly. I don't know how you're predicting this. Yeah. Well, hopefully I'm going to get to six, four. Cause that'd be great. But no, like you said, I went into the U S program. I used 17 year. I think I was five ten. Yeah. And then all of a sudden going to my 18 year, I was six feet. And then going to my freshman year at BU, I was six, two. And then I just, like you said, I just, and then going into my first year out, I was six, six, three, six, four, all of a sudden I'm like, okay, like, that's crazy. And like you said, not even my, no, my year at BU, but even, I think it was my first two years. I was, uh, I was a Zamboni on the ice. I was always falling. I just, <laughs> it's almost like, like you said, I wasn't used to my height. And, and of course I haven't filled out, um, you know, kind of my height, but, um, then all of a sudden I think it was my third year and I was like, okay, I'm starting to fill up, starting to get it. strong and, right. and starting to kind of almost get my feet underneath me and not kind of be that awkward, um, you know, tall guy anymore. So no, I just, no, uh, first part of your question is, is kind of, um, you know, just a late grower, late bloomer, almost that aspect. I think it's, you know, I was lucky because I was able to, you know, really focus on, you know, my skating, really try to, you know, make my skating better and, and little skills like my shot. I really try to improve my shot, just thinking that if I was, you know, an average height guy, that if I can have, you know, a good shot and, and be a good skater and, and be able to play with my, you know, my internal drive and, and, uh, my competitiveness, my physicality, then um, I wouldn't have to be the tallest guy on the ice. I could just really rely on, you know, who I am as a player and just really try to master those skills that I feel like that could make me uh, so much better. But then all of a sudden I just kept growing and kept growing. So I was like, okay, now I can definitely use my height and, and eventual weight to my advantage and, and almost be an intimidating force out there. So uh, I was definitely lucky that I just kept growing and, and, uh, but stuck with kind of the true skills to, uh, of shooting, stick handling, skating to to help me into the player I am today. No, that's great stuff. And, uh, you know, I want to talk a little bit about that decision-making process, you know, going to college. Obviously, um, you know, you, your, your father had gone to BU, um, but Matthew made the decision to go, you know, major junior. You went to, to, to London. And, you know, but what was that process like for you? Was BU like always, or, or you know, I shouldn't just say BU, but like, be like, I want to go play college hockey. I want to follow in my dad's footsteps. Or was it like you kind of on the fence? I, I definitely was a BU hockey fan growing up. And I always you know, deep down loved BU. And, and when it came to kind of that decision process, of course, you know, we had both decisions, you know, of course, committed to BU. And, and I wanted to you know, honor that commitment to BU. And, and, you know, for me, I wanted to play against older, older, older guys and guys that were, you know, was playing at 18, play against 23, 24, 25 year olds and, and kind of experience what, you know, the NHL would be like instead. I know it's a bigger age gap where you're playing guys in their thirties, but um, just to kind of be under, I guess, developed than, 
some of these guys that have grown in and now are men in their prime years and, and just to be able to, you know, not be the strongest guy on the ice, but find ways to be impactful and, and produce. And I felt like BU uh, was great in that aspect. And also, you know, David Quinn being the coach who, uh, you know, has NHL experience. And then, you know, of course we see what he did after. So to be able to play for a guy like that and just the, the history and, and how they produce, you know, at that time is, you know, tons of NHL products and, uh, you know, year after year, guys are leaving school to go be immediate impacts in the NHL. That's definitely weighed on my decision. It's something that, you know, I really wanted to do and be a part of and, and be a part of that BU hockey family. So no, no BC uh, versus, you know, just no monster. No, yeah, no. I did visit BC, though, and yeah. it, was, it was cool, but I knew I had my heart and mindset on, on BU. <laughs> Because if I was ever there or had any impact, I would have sweet talked Ted Locke there, like when you're like 16 years old <laughs> in St. Louis. You know, you're coming to BC, kid. Yeah. You know? And then I have to deal with your dad. But, yeah. um, you know, as far as your freshman year, like you're just getting acclimated, like you said, like you're playing against older players. You're, you know, you're still growing, which is crazy. I mean, like it, it really is. Like a lot of kids are already developed enough going into school, number one playing against older players, still growing, finding your game, you know, it's your draft year. Did you put a lot of pressure on yourself to try to be something that you weren't or just, I don't know, I just like the more, did you have like internal pressure outside of just like just being, you know, keeping your head above water and playing against those, you know, older, older players and hockey's? Oh yeah. Oh, I had, I put so much pressure on myself. Um, not only just, the on ice portion of it, but you know, the off ice too, it, it's, you know, for me, I almost was naive to the school schedule and how much you would take out of your day. And, and I, then I didn't realize it. And then all of a sudden get to campus. I'm like, Oh boy, this is like, this is full time. Like this, like, I really, have I'm not to, home anymore. I actually got to go to class on, the, I know, on I Thursdays like, and Fridays. Oh, I'm, I'm counting the days. I'm like, okay, like how many days can I be absent for? Like that's, I was starting to plan out in my schedule. I'm like, all right, I'm going to miss this day, a game day. So, uh, no, but no, it just, I, I was, I think for the first half of the season, I was for sure overwhelmed with, you know, being on my own for the first time, being in college, not really having, I was lucky to have my you know, dad's side of the family, grandparents, uncles, aunts that I'd go to my grandparents' house every Sunday for home cooked meals and they'd do my laundry. So I was lucky to have that not be fully on my own, but, um, yeah, no, it was just a whole new experience. And, and, uh, you know, definitely I was, I was lucky that, you know, David Quinn kind of told teams not to bother me throughout the year that he'd allow everybody to interview me after the season was done. And, and looking back, I was, uh, I'm very thankful for that because I, I feel like that could even add to more of the pressure of, you know, during the week before the BC weekend, I had to meet with three teams. I feel like that would be you know a lot of my mind and tough to even juggle the, the scheduling of, of, you know, going to study hall, going to class, getting my homework done. And, and just, um, I feel like just, More I didn't realize almost at that time where I feel like it affected my season first half. And, and then after Christmas kind of having a breather, I feel like I learned a lot of how to manage that second half. And that's where I felt like I started playing better and started being more like myself. But um, yeah, I think just the, I wouldn't say that the immaturity, but just, um, kind of being by myself for the first time kind of affected my game and, and, 
but I was lucky. We had some great guys on our team that really helped me out and, and helped me kind of um, juggle all those uh, responsibilities. So I'm very lucky for them. And, and uh, um, yeah, we had a great, great coaching staff too to help out and do a lot of, you know, on ice extra stuff. So um, no, I was very, very happy with my experience there for sure. Well, and then obviously going into the draft, obviously you, you know, your father being a first round pick, um, you know, number 19 overall and, and your brother going sixth. And then, you know, like what was the pressure like for you and then ultimately getting picked by Ottawa at four? Or bragging rights. Yeah. yeah. Was, I mean, besides like winning that yeah. battle is obviously like, there you go. Like, yeah. like all set. Yeah. I think that was the first time I've ever kind of just got a number rights. four license plate. Yeah, serious. I, I should have. That was the first time I've ever had bragging rights over the both of them. So I was <laughs> I was definitely fired up and and yeah, just you know, of course the draft is, is stressful for everybody, but you no know, looking back, I wish you just I almost enjoyed the process more and, and almost trusted, you know, my parents is no matter what happens, it's all gonna work out and, and just because how hard you're gonna work, you're gonna create your own opportunity, you're gonna take advantage of it. So I wish I just Looking back, I know it's easier to say it now. Just that's my advice to you know, people who are going through this process. Just just enjoy it. It's a once in a lifetime experience that uh, you know to get drafted and and uh, really it's just a reward for all your hard work and and you know it's an opportunity for for you to work hard for that next opportunity that the team will uh, give you and just take advantage of it. So um, you now looking back, it was stressful, but. Uh, it really was a, a pretty cool and neat process and, and to share with my buddies too, who are going through the same thing. It was a lot of fun. Going back to that process and, you know, kind of controlling what you can control is that, you know, like we talk about a lot, um, you know, again, talking with one of your coaches is like, you were a dog in practice, right? You're, you're working, you know, your bag off in the, in the weight room, you, you're doing everything that you needed to do to like put yourself in a good position to give you the opportunity to be drafted as high as you did, you know, like I'm sure you wanted more statistical results results, but anyone who was watching games understood that you had such an upside because you were doing the right things consistently, even as a 18, 19 year old kid, Um, you know, you have a late birthday, you know, you could have, you know, easily not been there the year before. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like you get this, you know, crazy upside. But what we'd like to talk about is staying in the present. So like what you just said is staying in the present. You know, you, know, you stay there, not overthinking it. You know, you would have liked to enjoy the draft process a little bit more if you just kind of took a breath, right? And yeah, and no, kind I of think it's just enjoyed. trusting your hard work too. Just right there, you like go. You said you put the work in. Yeah, I know. Like you said, I. I now in practice, my at BU, I was always trying to go against Jordan Greenway, who was yeah. you know, six five, six six, two hundred thirty pounds, and I was just this, you know, six two, one ninety five. I was just every battle drill, even though he's my own lineman. I'm like, I want to, I want to go against you, and I want to wow. battle against you. And and uh, um, I think no, he wanted to battle with me just as much because he knew I was going to give it, uh, <laughs> give it my all. So just to, he was, he kind of reminded me of Matthew that. I didn't win a lot of battles, but um, just how we were battling against one another is definitely uh, awesome and special. And, uh, yeah, uh, like you said, if all I can control, I know there's a lot of time, a lot of time working out, and uh, especially in the college schedule. So just um, 
wanted to capitalize on that. And I, that's another reason why I went to BU is, is to be able to get stronger and, and start kind of filling up my frame and, and just establishing myself. And that aspect is all the hard work you put in the gym is going to you know, translate on the ice. So, um, no, I'm lucky. We had a, an amazing staff there and, and, uh, just they, they want to help, you know, 24 seven, you know, on ice, extra, extra practice, extra film sessions. Um, and just everybody was, you know, tremendous. And I'm th- so thankful for my time at BU and, um, at the U S program as well. No, that's great stuff. And then, you know, obviously getting drafted by Ottawa, um, you know, a Canadian team, obviously you have some Canadian roots, um, you know, with your mom and dad, obviously playing in Winnipeg, but you know, what was that experience like? And, and, you know, I guess that's part one and part two would be like, what was your father's biggest advice going into that first training camp now that you, you know, you were a pro? Yeah, it was definitely, um, it's, it's, no, it's pretty cool how for you know my dad, Matt, and you know, I, we all get drafted to a Canadian team and start our careers in Canada. So as a young guy, it's great. It's you kind of get more exposure in you and people, you know, know who you are more um, on a day-to-day basis. So even now it's been you know, pretty cool. And you see how much people care about hockey up there and how passionate, how into it. So I was definitely, you know, really happy. And, and of course, no, there's a lot of you know drama going on in Ottawa at the time. So just to be able to try to be a, a positive and, and just kind of be myself and create um, no no po- more positivity than there was negativity at the time. I was mm. just trying to be myself, trying to be a you know, happy guy, just enjoying being in the NHL and and just being enjoying trying to make the NHL and, and staying there. So um, I like the you know helped out a little bit, but. Um, no, his advice that he gave me is just be myself, learn, learn from whoever, from the coach, from guys, talk to guys about, um, you know, any advice or if they had something, like just be open to guys. If they were trying to say something to me, just, you know, appreciate it, use it. And, and also use your, you know, training staff, strength staff, equipment staff, just get to know them. And, and uh, they're a part of the family and, and they've had advice throughout their time being an odd or their time in, in the NHL and, and just be able to use their advice, just be a sponge. And, uh, um, uh, I still try to be a sponge to this day. And I don't think anybody should be ever satisfied that there's always an opportunity to learn something different. No, that's great stuff because I mean, as a young kid, you can listen to some nonsense though too. So you have to have that kind of like barrier of like, you, you kind of still have that kind of internal know what's right and wrong. Um, but you go from, you know, a very stressful, let's just say internal stress, you know, trying to do st- statistical, uh, you know, achievement to like get drafted higher and all that stuff, eight goals as a freshman, and then you get into the league and you score over 20 goals. It's like, you know, you trust you the process, you trust your ability and you're a good pro right off the rip. So, you know, number one, what was that feeling like to, start gaining a little bit of confidence that first year it's like you know you st- you're like hey i belong here i'm playing against guys that i have posters up on my wall type thing now i can i can beat them to the net i can muscle them out of the front of the net or wh- whatever situation you're in like y- you are at that level or even above like so like th- did something like flip like halfway through the season early on was there one specific uh kind of moment or 
because that that must have been an, like a surreal moment, like for you to like look back and be like, I just scored over twenty goals in the league. <laughs> well, I was very very lucky to play with you know Mark Stone right from you know game one and and uh, um, and most importantly, he you know welcomed me into his home and just made me feel comfortable, you know, in training camp, just allowed me to be myself. And, and, uh, no, I was very lucky. You know, I think he sheltered me a lot from kind of that outside noise of, um, what was going on and, and just more just helping me out day in and day out. And, and just, I was lucky just to watch him in practice, see his, see his work ethic, see him in games, just how good he was. And, and you now being able to play with him just to be able to, you know, learn, certain positioning things and little details of the game that I usually wouldn't pick up on if I was just watching. So um, I wouldn't say there's really one time that I thought, because there's always, you know, internal pressure that you put on yourself to, um, to be at your best, not only for yourself, but also for your teammates that you don't want to let anybody down. So I think there's always that little internal pressure, but um, I was just so lucky that, all everybody on the team was looking out after me and, and just trying to help me out and and uh, just trying to put me in the best positions to be successful, you know, players and coaches. So um, I was very lucky with that and and uh, I was a I was able to play a lot because I was playing with Mark and and I feel like they always wanted Mark out there. So I was just kind of that courtesy. All right, Brady, going out there with them. So all right, you're um, jumping too, yeah. Yeah. So I was very lucky. Uh, this guy's been um, riding shotgun with me all year. No, oh, absolutely. So I was very lucky to have him as you know a role model and, and uh, um, as a support uh, system too that year. But the well, cool that, part about his game is like that it's not flashy. Oh, right? it's the so, ugliest thing in the world. It, it's but so then, gross. Yeah. yeah, like his skating yeah. is you're like holy cow. But then just the little plays he makes and just yeah. just how smart he knocks down every puck, take yeah. most takeaways, yeah. and he just always finds a way to produce and. It's it's the same almost thing with Matthew. He's not the best skater, but they always find a way to step up and produce. And and uh, um, yeah, it's it's definitely pretty fun to watch. What's yeah, the prediction a- on number of like you know face washes by Matthew to him in the in the Cup final? Then I mean, oh, he's yeah, got to no. give you a little bit of like it, there should be some respect there. Hey, yeah, if no. I if I'm betting, you know, and like you can give us some inside in, information, yeah. but like <laughs> I'll take the over. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Well, I keep, I keep saying is this could be a, a pretty awkward bachelor party because, of course, Matthew and them, uh, Mark's one of my groomsmen as well, and Matthew's, of course, the best man. So um, it's going <laughs> oh, yeah, to get interesting. Yeah, I can't wait. To, yeah, so, it's great. So I guess we'll, we'll hopefully share some laughs uh, uh, towards the end of the month. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting. That's awesome. <laughs> that, that's a pretty cool dynamic, though, like if you're thinking about it, you know, like – to your best bud, you know, your brother and your best bud is like, you know, in the Stanley Cup finals, you know, against, and, you know, you're going to obviously blood's thicker than water. So make sure you're, you were in there. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm team Matthew all the way here. Right yeah. Now. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, no, I just want to touch on, you know, next before we left you go, obviously we can get to a couple more things, but, you know, like taking on that more of a leadership role, obviously, you, you know, you learned from Mark Stone up there and then, you know, I think it was like year two or, you know, very early in your career, you're named an assistant captain, um, you know, by two, uh, by 2021 named captain, but, um, you know, what's it like being a leader? Uh, what's the, you know, the pressures that you feel did, did, you know, 
you try to do things differently now that you have a C in your sweater? Is there just kind of the same, um, you know, Brady Kachuk as usual that that you grew up always always kind of trying to? Yeah, no, I definitely I try to be you know the same Brady and just the same you know person day in day out no matter what we're going through during the season. But no, I think that's something I struggled with at the start. You know, when I was named captain or even um, when I was named assistant captain, I think. I was still trying to establish myself as a player. And, and uh, um, I know when I was assist captain, I was still, you know, I was playing for, it was my last year of entry level. So I was almost playing for, you know, a contract as well. So um, there's definitely a lot of highs and lows within that year. But I have learned, I think, something new every day. It, it feels like it's um, now, you know, having Mark Stone, guys like Mark Stone, who, who have helped me, of course, having my dad and brother who are, um, you know, my dad, of course, being a captain, Matthew, um, you know, being an assistant captain, but you know, I feel like he could be a captain too. So, um, mm-hmm. no, just having those guys. And then, you know, this year having Claude Giroux, I feel like I learned even a ton this year, just being around him and, and how he was a captain for all those years. It's, it's just, I feel like you can always learn something each day. Um, not even, not just about, you know, yourself or situational, but about your teammates and, and kind of what makes them tick and what, how you approach things with different teammates. It's, it's, I feel like it's something, you know, I keep learning that I've learned, but no, for me, it's just being myself, being, you know, that good teammate, being that good person, just being someone that someone needs to talk to about something that I'm always there to listen and, and always there to be there for them. So um, that's what I just try to be as a leader, but I'm lucky in Ottawa that, you know, I preach it. Everybody preaches. Everybody is a leader in their own way, whether it's leaning by example on the ice, stepping up in the, in the right moment, or just being a good teammate and being a good person. Um, everybody's like that, you know, players, coaches, um, equipment, medical staff, it's, it's successful teams. Everybody's leading. So uh, I think we have that in auto, which I'm pretty lucky to have. Well, I, when you were, you know, that, last year of your entry level did you think it was a typo when you first saw the the a on your shirt yeah, you was, walk uh, in you're like what's going on I mean, like is this misplaced like a little yeah, typo it, it was when i first got it it was in columbus my second year and i think my coach called or pulled me in the meeting and told me i was like what is going on I yeah, have right. 120 <laughs> games right now I I like what's <laughs> am i really like yeah. impactful in that way where I could be a leader. But um, yeah, I was just lucky to get that opportunity. And just now, like you said, I feel like at the, at the time, even everybody could have an A note or a different guy could have an A note at the time because he does something for our team that is so crucial, whether it's stepping up and saying something in the intermissions or, or you no know, stepping up on the bench and kind of creating that spark. So um, I was lucky that I was thought about in that manner and, and uh but I didn't want to stray from who I was and still play with that emotion and try to create that spark, but also uh, be a good teammate and be there for uh, my teammates. Well, it's just interesting because like you go, you'll go back to what you're talking about as, you know, a youth player and what your dad kind of emphasized: be a good person, be a good teammate, work your balls off. Right. Or, you know, work, you know, as hard as you can. So you take that in to leadership roles when you get, to the, a spot and you're at the highest level being a leader it doesn't matter what age you are you can still do that so like you lead by example you protect your teammates like you have you know you'll, you'll drop the mittens you'll 
you know, stick up for a teammate. You'll go to the front of the net. You'll show them the right way to play in the dirty areas. That's leadership, right? So you don't have to go outside too far outside your box to be a good leader. And, you know, everything you just said about being a good ear and just being a good person, you know, kind of lends itself to being the captain of an NHL, uh, NHL team. And so congratulations, someone. It's like at an early age, but like your maturity is like well beyond your years. But, and, you know, you, you've, you've been not so much groomed, but like this is what you're meant to be. So uh, it's pretty cool stuff. And, and we, we don't want to take too much more of your time, but like because I could talk to you all night long about it. <laughs> Also, it's a nonsense and hockey, you know. So, <laughs> no, exactly. I, I think you know. I, I think we've seen a lot of excitement. It's fun watching you guys play. You guys must be really exciting times around the city of of Ottawa, right? And new ownership coming in uh, eventually, and it, it, it's it's really great to see, and it's great to to watch from a, a distance here, but. Uh, you know, it's also cool. We, you know, we do have to talk about Matthew and the run that he's been on this year. Uh, he's like, I mean, his play has just been something special. Obviously, we got a lot of Boston listeners here, so they're probably like hating the fact that they're even seeing your name when this episode drops on Friday. But uh, <laughs> they, uh, you know, because he, he broke everybody's hair's heart. But uh, just talk about the run that they've had. And and I think it's so cool just seeing the family support too. Like, you know, seeing your family at the game, seeing you there. Um, obviously, your dad is such that, you know, you see his dance moves at the elbow room and things like that is always uh, great videos. To, to, Amazing. You know, <laughs> Amazing. But, uh, you know, the, the, the family support and uh, – you know, was that you drinking out of the Clara jug too? Was that was was no? What 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 trophy was that? It was the uh, the PGA the Wanamaker. The PGA, so. what did I? The yeah, Wanamaker. Wanamaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Clara jug. That's like the the. Uh, that, that's like right. I think it was the the West Conference champion. I don't know. I don't know what that one was, but yeah. I don't know. I guess we'll see. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll just touch on. It's honestly been something special, not only for. No, me being in the hockey world, uh, just as a brother and, and just seeing how hard he's worked throughout the summers and, and how driven and motivated he's like, that's you know, both of our dreams is to you know, win the Stanley Cup. But just to see how close he is now and and see how, of course, I, I, everybody's talking about how great he's been playing. He's like, I'm just going to be a different beast this upcoming series. Like, if we've come this far. I'm just seeing his mindset and how what like just driven he is that he's like this – however I've been playing hasn't been good enough. Like I need to be better. And I'm just like, hold on. There've been lights out. Like you've, mm-hmm. you've not single handedly, but a big reason why this team is where they're at is because of you. And, and he doesn't think like that. And, 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 and it's been unbelievable just to see the opportunity and, and just how he's taken advantage of it. And, and it's definitely provided this, this extra fire and drive within, you know, myself just to, I want to do this in Ottawa. I want to want to see the the fan base, uh, um, you know, come alive and just be you know, packed games, great atmospheres, and and it's definitely created a lot of mo- motivation for me to do this in Ottawa. But to see what he's doing, it's it's I'm his number one fan, and and uh, I'm really really hoping it, it. You know, it's a great two weeks and it's a great summer for for him for sure. Well, the cool part is, you know, he gets interviewed after the game, and he's talking about nothing about him you know, being a legit, you know, lightning rod in every single round, you know, like whether it be points, you know, four check, you know, like he's just an effective player in all areas of the game. 
you talked about you, you know, your sister, mom and dad, and his teammates. So going back to, you know, leadership, you know, he's the assistant captain. You know, Barkov is, you know, Barkov's been there and he just got, you know, onto the team this year. But like you, like you said, he is a future captain, in my opinion. You know, it's just, it's an easy fit because he's, he's looking at it as nothing that he's done. And he's talking about, he's like, yeah, my brother, like, you know, kind of plays in the league. And like the guys on the telecast, and yeah, he's actually the captain of the audience. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, you know, it just, you know, it's stuff that is so cool to hear as like a, a hockey fan, you know, and, and people who have played. Like that's just how it is. But he uh, embodies a good leader as well. His play exemplifies a playoff player. You know, he he does everything that, you know, you do like going to the net. But, he, you know, he might have better hands. I'm not sure. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've seen you score some good goals, Brady. But he's just doing everything to help his team and, and will his team to – the ultimate ultimate goal and to have that family support is amazing. So uh, we wish you uh, and the family like the best, right? You know, like in, enjoy the ride and hopefully Stoney doesn't get too, uh, too fired up, uh, you know, on the bachelor party when, when Matthew sticks it to him. Yeah, no, it's uh hopefully it's a fun uh, couple weeks and I know we're, we're all in with Matthew right now and, and hopefully he gets it done and then, the focus becomes on the Ottawa centers and them accomplishing it. So absolutely uh, my man. Yeah. That's hopefully the plan. And, and uh, no, it's hopefully it's uh, an exciting couple of weeks, but no, that's great stuff. Well, Brady, thank you uh, so much for taking the time. Um, you know, best of luck to your family. You guys are obviously class acts and, uh, and, you know, like I said before, we, we really can't thank you enough and uh, best of luck the next couple of weeks here and in and, and the future in the, uh, you know, in your Ottawa senator's uniform. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. A lot of fun. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, I, every time I uh, watch the Ottawa Centers, it's an exciting brand of hockey. Keep it up. You guys have a bright future. You know, just make sure that you uh, continue to do you, and you're going to be uh, you'll be competing for the Stanley Cup very, very soon, in my opinion. Yeah, well, appreciate that. Thank you. All right, man, man. Thank you so much for joining. All right, buddy. We'll see you soon. Yeah, we'll see you soon. Have a good right, one, guys. Great. Bye-bye. That interview was brought to you by Franklin Sports, the official street hockey partner of the National Hockey League. Check out our line of official NHL street hockey games and training equipment at franklinsports.com today. Yeah, obviously it's that time of year, right? The nice weather's around. Obviously they got the street hockey stuff, the training equipment, but also backyard games, beach games. You know, now's the time to get outside with the warm weather here, don't be a backyard loser. Hit up franklinsports.com. Yeah, plenty of stuff out here. You know, volleyball nets, pickleball, pickleball. Bocce. Yes. Oh, the, yeah. you know, the, it's so good, right? Some the beach cornhole. Beach. We had the yeah. cornhole going on Sunday. Know, and they, you know, and there's some speakers, some Bluetooth speakers that you can maybe like queue up like your your wind song when you uh, drop a couple. So make sure you check out Franklin Sports. <laughs> dot com today um Mots, that was a great interview with brady kachuk obviously uh you know just a great hockey family legends uh you know he's obviously a young stud in the league great to hear about his his father's influence on him his big brother's influence on him right his sister taryn obviously them just the athleticism uh the athleticism but the leadership that that you know 
his parents taught him throughout everything and you can see why he's one of the you know young up and coming stars in the in the league he's a, a captain he's already been a captain for a couple of years now and they have bright you know a, a bright future up in Ottawa and he's the the you know the cornerstone piece to that team absolutely he so well spoken for a young kid and like we, we talked about some of the lessons that his dad kind of stressed upon both him and Matthew very simple stuff right be a good teammate be a good person and work as hard as you can right? yeah things that you can control that's what we talk about a lot you know it does help that mom was like you know a crazy influence in their athletic ability <laughs> I, I just love beating up all, a little bit on this because you know he was just the best like power forward one of the premier power forwards but so he, he knew what it took so he's, he's employing this knowledge on his kids at a young age right but they have both turned into number one exceptional leaders and players because of the basic things that the, that they could control shooting pucks working on their skating being a good teammate person you don't mm-hmm. get a letter in the nhl because you're a bad person yeah, right not gonna so, happen yeah i mean like their ability speaks for itself but they put the work in both of them Brady in particular, who you know, interviewed at length about you know kind of his his like that internal drive, but like he had his brother to look up to, his had his dad, but like his dad was telling him the right things, but he still wanted to do it. Right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, you can get the right instruction, you can have an older brother, but you also want to you know like you, you have to want to do it as well, and that's like the huge key that I took out of that. Like he. Such such a good person uh, as far as like a kid that gets it, has a lot of responsibility, but yet is still his person and knows who he is. You know, he's still working to be better each day, but yet uh, has the big C, you know, mm. the, the responsibility of the C. In a well, he talks about just being right and 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 just being a sponge too. Like just yes. being like, yeah, he doesn't know it all. You don't even right. just be a sponge. And that's like one of the biggest pieces of advice you can ever get as a young kid, right? And, mm-hmm. and as an adult, right? Just be a sponge. Like, don't think you know it all. Listen, right? You had two uh, two ears and one mouth for a reason. Use those use those two ears. Listen, yeah. be a sponge. Take Voice everything much, in. Right, right, right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, no, I, I thought it was a great interview because he just, you know, ha- has the – you know, ability on the ice, but just talking to him, how he kind of expressed some of his, you know, like kind of like drive and, and then how he leads. I think that's important. Like he's not compromising himself. He goes, I'm, I'm a good listener. Like I'll, I'll listen to some guys or I'll do whatever. And this is a 23 year old kid we're talking about here that yeah. again, well mature uh, beyond his years. And, but like it's just very good to just understand like that this is like something that you want to aspire to be like he's a great role model for younger players and I thought that interview was great. No, it was great, and I I love the aspect of family too, right? Like that's what it's all about, and and you know he's obviously probably deep down a little bit jealous, right, of his brother and things like that, but he's so happy for his success this year, even you know. In previous years, when Calgary was in the Cup final, uh, you know, in the Stanley Cup playoffs, watching his he brother, there, and he, yeah. like, he was there, and he knows he's going to get 
Brady's there. The, they're, you know, his dad's there, his mom's there, his sister's there. They're all there and just supporting each other. And that like family support is so cool and what it's all about. Like I love seeing that type of stuff because like your family's your family. And, you know, I know his aunts and uncles, like they're, they're, they're all down in Florida watching those guys. Brady did tell us he had to get back to St. Louis for a couple of weeks to, to, you know, make sure he's training and ready to go for next season, uh, which is obviously – uh yeah very you know priority but uh he's also going to support his brother as best he can and the dynamic with him and and mark stone right being a a groomsman in his wedding and now matthew is best man and they're going to play against each other he's like yeah it could be kind of an um interesting bachelor party (laughs) kind of an interesting bachelor party you think yeah (laughs) yeah that's gonna be interesting yeah look we gotta check back in with him no matter what happens right now yeah uh, That's but great. they're professionals. They're professionals. But what do you say? I think it's time we get to the My Hockey Rankings question of the week, and this is real simple. Vegas of Florida, who do you got? I mean, I don't know, wow. but I mean, like, that's like a – I actually – I mean, if I want to go on the gut is Vegas. Really? I know. Like I, I, I'm I'm pro Florida right now and everything. I just feel with the defensive structure of Bruce Cassidy and you know Eichel's playing well. They have some depth scoring. Florida has all this believability, but I do feel like that defensive structure is gonna win the series for Vegas. I just would have assumed that you were gonna go with Florida. So in my mind, I'm like, You're I gotta Vegas. go with Vegas. <laughs> I just thought for sure. So uh, you, 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 I you button hooked me there. You button hooked me. Like hey, the you old go Vegas. Too. It's all right. No, now I have to go Florida. All right. So what, what do we bet I'm, on this? You and I. I'm Team Kachuk. Um, whatever we bet, anytime we bet, nothing ever gets accomplished. So it's just a gentleman's bet. Right. I got Florida. You got uh, actually Keith went to the to Florida practice. I think he said today. He said they were buzzing. So yeah, I got Florida. You got right. Vegas, uh, and we'll see what uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. We'll play for something eventually. Yeah, yeah gentlemen's bet for now. Yeah, yeah. Then, then we'll, we'll go, go offline and, and and make it a real bet. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, once again, thanks for the My Hockey Rankings question of the week. Make sure you hit up myhockeyrankings.com where you can see where your team stacks up. Mots is on Vegas. BY, myself, I am on Florida. Um, Mots, before we wrap up here, obviously, big news in uh, coming from Canada. And it, it's interesting, too, because I've seen more and more kids, more of our friends' kids, people that we know going out to the BCHL. And, um, you know, Recently, in the last uh, few weeks here, uh, the BCHL, the British Columbia Hockey League, has announced a split from Hockey Canada. Um, they'll become an independent, um, independently run league as of June 1st, which basically this will probably be the day this drops on, right? Oh, maybe this drops on June 2nd. So pretty interesting. Um, you know, we've seen more and more kids from the United States going there. We've seen more and more kids from the BCHL um, going in and, and becoming impact players in the NCAA, whether it's Division One or Division Three, um, it's really great to see. And, and I think um, you know a lot of these things that 
you know, it, it, I think it shows growth of the game. It shows like good collab collaborability between the you know Canadian teams and things like that. The U.S. kids going out there and getting um, you know that experience, and obviously it's a really really high level of hockey. I think it was you know twenty five percent of all uh, Division One rosters last year had um, BCHL kids on it. So it, it's a great league, and it'd be interesting to see how this works and they're split from. Hockey Canada, but did you check out much of that? I just think it's very interesting. Um, yeah, like to your point, there's a a lot of uh, kids, not just from this area, but all over the country, going oh, to yeah. the BC uh, HL to play in a very competitive junior league with a lot of, say, NCAA scouts mm-hmm. going to the those games, right? So. So I'm just thinking, you know, my initial reaction, it didn't surprise me, but it, it, it did surprise me in some level where they break out away from Hockey Canada. Right. But my initial reaction was that there would be some, say, collaboration between the USHL and the BCHL. So they would have okay. to be something there where they, you know, they play – you know, games against one another. Oh, there's something going on there. There's something else. But, you know, there's some kind of criteria here, though, that they were talking about where maximum of, like, 25 active roster spots. But when you talk about, like, the BC, you know, league uh, teams, five plays have to be from, you know, British a minimum Columbia. of five plays. Yeah, British Columbia, yeah. right? Um, And that's seven, out of 17 Canadian teams there. So... I just think that they're kind of like making a baseline mm-hmm. so that there is still some opportunity for these kids to play, but yet they want to have this cross promotion between two very strong developmental leagues. Right. And that's, I think that, that that's just my initial reaction. And again, this is like pretty new coming out here, but um, I think it's also, it, it, it a lot of their message is trying to show to Canadian kids that there's also an, like if everybody knows that if you go to play in, um, you know, like hockey Canada really pushes the major junior league, right? That's kind of, those are their guys. And if you go major junior, you cannot go and play uh, college hockey, right? They consider that kind of a professional type thing, or you got to sit out a year. I don't know what the, is it still the same? Uh, yeah. Like, you have to, Back in the day, like I, I actually don't know like the actual rule right now, but it was always a Yeah, if you yeah, played one game major junior, you had to set out a year. Right, right. So there, there's kind of that, but now that what they're looking to do is, is show a lot of Canadian kids, which I know that there's still gotta be um, you know, on the Canadian teams, I think it's what, seventeen no 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 how many kids? At least thirteen players from Canada on the team. So you're giving those teams are uh, all, all those kids showing them that there's an opportunity? Like it doesn't just have to be the major junior route, right? You can you can still get to you know you they're promoting education and getting kids into college, and then like look at what the NCAA is is, is doing. Like there's a lot of NCAA kids that are going to go and and be professional hockey players, play in the NHL. So I think it promotes that as opposed to just the Canadian major junior hockey. Um, league and things like that, and, and you know it's funny at, at this time of year too. It's you, know, you check on the TV right now, and the the Memorial Cup's going on, which is a, a you know a great tournament. We've talked about it, a lot of fun. Obviously, Seattle, Quebec, Kamloops, and Peterborough's playing. Um, 
But again, I think it's more just it's growth of the game. It's showing Canadian kids, hey, there's another avenue. Um, you can come to the BC, you know, BC League, get uh, really, really good competition. There's a lot of influence of, of kids from other countries, whether it's the U.S. or European countries coming over. And, you know, and, and this, you're going to further your hockey and as well as your education, which I think is great. Yeah, and it's like U.S.-based teams – will require 13 players from the U.S. as well, right? Mm -hmm. So they're just trying to kind of streamline it. Um, Do you know how many teams, how many BC leagues, BC teams uh, are in the U.S.? Uh, Seattle. It's not, there's got to be a few, right? Yeah, I'm not 100% on how many. We can ask our, uh, our guys and we can, maybe they can, Chat us up before Alan's we our uh, Canadian insider. Maybe he can let us know. Yeah, I just think that it's just kind of like setting the boundaries, really, and mm-hmm. but then also opening up an opportunity to have this cross, like not not pollination. It's like like a cross border with another league where you can have some interplay, right? Yeah. You know, I that's think a good that's, point with the USHL. Yeah, I think it. I think it's that's going to happen. That's just my opinion. I don't know. Maybe you should be the commissioner. Yeah, imagine. <laughs> we, we, yeah. Imagine. Yeah, not a chance. <laughs> no, that's good stuff. And and again, it's kind of uh, you know good to see hockey. Uh, you know, uh, you just love hearing these different things. Obviously, back in. Back in our day, going through it, kids going to college were mostly coming from prep schools and the USHL, right, or maybe the NHL and things like that. Now you see them coming from, you know, leaving, uh, graduating from prep schools or, or college schools around here, going to the BC League, coming out here. So it's kind of a new dynamic, new wave. So it is pretty cool to see, obviously, as well as that US uh, USHL uh, the Alberta Junior League as well, right? This, you know, that that's kind of that second one up there that that you see, um, you know, a, a lot of kids coming from as well. The Ontario League, right? there's a lot of different hockey out there that people don't know about, and and different uh, avenues to continue to 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 grow and de- develop, and you know, potentially play uh, Division One or Division Three college hockey, or maybe it's the the um, the Acha, right? But you know, the growth of the game and Kids continuing to play is uh, is why we're here and what it's all about. Yeah, I think you know, like you mentioned, USHL has done a good job at like almost like reconstructing themselves into a developmental league. The BC uh, HL has has had their you know back when I was coming through, it was like you know and they had their kind of studs coming out of there, and like UNH had a good pipeline coming out of there for a long time. Yeah, um, you know, Paul. No, Korea when I was there, we had there. A, when I was there, we had a ton of. British Columbia kids, right? Yep. You're right. You're right. Yeah. So, but those were mostly Canadian kids. That's what right. I guess. So I probably missed my thought. Uh, no, no, but like you know, school. just the whole concept of development doesn't matter where you're from. You know, they're going to constrict like how many U.S. guys could be in there on a team or whatever, and vice versa for the. So there's one team. Uh, you know, it, it's it's Wanachi in in uh, Washington in the BCHL U.S. team. So like they're, okay. they're part of the league, but thank you uh, to our boy Alan for uh, for for giving that up. So we um, 
you know, so there's one team out of that, you know, uh, 17 team league that is uh, in the U.S. But so then just making those rules for, you know, ex, you know, for, for the right reasons. And then mm-hmm. I do believe the developmental side of it is the basis behind it. And then they can cross uh, compete with uh, other leagues at their same level. Oh, that's great. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, well, Mott, I think that pretty much takes care of it. Uh, great job. Obviously, thank you to uh, to Brady Kachuk for, for joining us. That was uh, obviously a fantastic interview. It was great chatting with him. It's going to be interesting to see the uh, Stanley Cup getting going. Uh, we appreciate all the interaction on uh, on Instagram, right? Hit us up at the Ring Shrinks on Twitter as well, at Ring Shrinks. Um, you know, obviously, those... Uh, those social media platforms are uh, great. I know some people, uh, you know, are hitting us up on Facebook and MySpace and all that type of stuff as well. MySpace, right? so, yeah. <laughs> that's still a thing, right? TikTok, yeah, MySpace, <laughs> uh, Snapface, all that good stuff. Um, that's good, yeah. <laughs> but no, thanks I, to I everybody that, for I think listening. MySpace, MySpace went out with the hula hoop. <laughs> That was like the original. Like the young kids wouldn't even know what that is. I don't even know what that is. Um, I don't know what it was, but it's like whatever. But hey, thanks again for listening. Thanks to Brady Kachuk. Thanks to the sponsors: Box Hockey, TSR Hockey, Franklin Sports, and My Hockey Rankings. Uh, it's time to cue the Rink Shrink Shuffle jersey.